so excited about this message today. This, I hope that that by the end of today, you will be so encouraged that you your mind will be expanded, that you will have a deeper understanding not only of who God is, but also of who he created you to be and who, um, who he wants you to develop into. So we're going to talk about God today, but we're also going to talk about you. And I'm going to start with the first question. How many of you enjoy getting gifts? How many of you don't enjoy getting gifts? Okay, we're going to talk about that. Gifts? Yes. I love getting gifts. Um, I want to talk to those of you who struggle to receive. And now this isn't a, a rebuke. It's maybe a gentle nudge. Just for those of you who, who really struggle to let people give to you, okay? Jesus said that it is better to give than to receive. So what's better, giving or receiving? So if it's better to give than to receive, why would you rob someone who is doing the thing that is better because you feel like you don't deserve it or whatever the reason is? Instead, allow that person to give. Receive it with gratitude, okay? There is nothing worse than trying to give someone a gift and they're like, oh no, no, I couldn't accept that. That's like, really? I'm trying to give to you. Take it. But be grateful, okay? Okay? Three of you got it. So I'm going to start over. Jesus said it is better. (laughs) No, I want you to get this. Because God is, you know, even like that, think about how much fun that was for for, um, Ron and Beth to be able to give this generous tip. How much fun was that for them, that God set that whole thing up, not knowing anything that JC and Trevor had been going through, but yet God put that on their hearts and then they gave. Think about how much fun that was for them. And imagine how horrible it would have been if JC would have been, oh no, I can't, I can't accept that, please. I mean, that would have just kind of went, you know, it wouldn't have been fun. But the fact is, it was like God did this intense thing. And that's how he is. And so that's why today we are going to talk about what are called the spirituals or the spiritual gifts or special spiritual abilities. Or if you want, you could say special spiritual skills. (laughs) Anyway, um, we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These are the gifts of the Spirit. Originally, I was going to talk about the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit because we're going through a series now, and I'm actually following a formula that you can find online. We are part of a denomination. We are interdenominational, but we, um, we, we are part of Foursquare, which is interdenominational. In other words, we believe that all the body of Christ all has benefit and we can all be unified. But there is a formula of their beliefs or or just a list of their particular beliefs and I'm actually following it. And this one, they were both put together, but then I decided, I think I'm gonna try to go a little more in depth. And um, next week, Pastor Kelly from Utah County is gonna speak. Woo, shout out. So I hope you're all here next week. He's gonna, he has a good message that he's going to share. But then after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. 
So we're going to kind of go in depth into that. And basically it's subcategory is like, what should a spirit filled Christian look like? What kind of, what kind of evidence and fruit should be produced in their life? But today we're going to talk about the gifts that God has given us. Because it says he's given anybody who believes in him, he's given gifts. Do you believe that? Or are you the exception? You know, a lot of times the devil tries to speak to us and tell us we're the exception. That, yeah, God loves everyone else, but you, mm, not so much. That is a demonic thought. Okay, if you ever hear that thought or hear that you're not worthy because you've gone too far, you've sinned too much, you've done, that is not, that is not the fact. God is love. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But if you would open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 1. And it says here, it says, Now, dear brothers and sisters... My dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities that the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. What he's saying here is I don't want you to be ignorant because this is important. This is super important that God has given every single one of us these special abilities. Anybody who names the name of Jesus, anybody who has been born again and is filled with the Spirit has a gift. And today, my hope and my prayer is that you would maybe discover yours or that it would be confirmed to you. Now, this is different than your natural abilities. These are spiritual things. I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about this. This is birthed by the Spirit of the living God, by the Holy Spirit. So these things are, are partnering with God, which is so awesome because you're taking the Spirit of the living God who is all about love and joy and peace and kindness and all these amazing things. And he's saying, hey, let's partner together. Let's, let's do things together. That's how nice he is, right? He's so nice. Okay, so it says here, I don't want you to be ignorant. By the way, the, the, the actual word for this, and I'm, I don't, I'm kind of a, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to language. I love language. The word here is agneo, which means um, ignorant, or ah means apart from, gnosis means knowledge. So if anybody tells you that they're an agnostic, what they're basically telling you is that they're an idiot. So <laughs> I apologize to all of you agnostics out there. But that's actually what the word means, a apart from knowledge. I am apart from knowledge. <laughs> okay, so anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My meds are wearing off. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I need to stop. I need to stop. Okay. So anyway, back to the Bible. Um, it says in verse 7 here, and I, I, I didn't say this earlier, but a spiritual gift is given to each one of us so that, this is the reason, so that we can help each other. So what I am going to prove to you today, based on what it says in the Bible, is there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. You know how people are like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just not into organized religion. I go, come to our church, we're totally unorganized. <laughs> you know where people are like, oh, I'm going to go up on the mountaintop and I'm just going to worship God up there. Well, it's easy to love God on the top of the mountain because there's no drivers up there to annoy you. Where you're really tested is a bunch 
among a bunch of jokers like us, you know, that's where, that's where our real love and faith is tested. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you joke, uh, jokers like me is what I meant to say. Okay, so it says a spiritual gift is given so that we can help each other. That's what these spiritual, these special abilities are. So we can help each other. How many of us like to help other people? You know, there are studies that have been done that prove that when you help someone else or you do something good for someone else, it actually increases your serotonin levels. It actually like gives you the, the, the feel-good hormones in your brain when you do something good for you, you know what I'm talking about? Any of you ever done anything nice for someone else? What's wrong with the rest of you? Okay, okay. Verse 11 says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. It says he alone decides which gift each person should have. So this is saying that the Lord, it's like, do you know anybody that like really has a, has a gift of give, giving gifts? I have a dear friend and man, she just like, she thinks about her gifts you know, she doesn't re-gift. She like really thinks about her gifts. She plans, she gives these gifts and you just like, you're like, wow, I feel so special. Anybody know someone like that? Anybody like that? Okay, let's hang out. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you know, some people just seem to have that gift and you just, man, you just know that that person put so much thought into that and that they're, that is the way that they demonstrate love. You know, the five love languages, you guys have heard of those gift giving, words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, people with the gift of giving, they think about it. It's not an afterthought to them. And that's what this is basically saying that God is doing. When he gives us these special abilities, he's, he's like, oh, I'm so excited to give them these gifts. I can't wait. They're going to use these gifts, and it's so awesome. And uh, He's, like, excited about it. Like, you know when you nailed it? Like, when you buy somebody a gift, you're like, boom, nailed it. You know that feeling? You're like, this is going to be perfect. Anybody else get excited about that? Isn't it so fun? And that's how God is feeling. He's like, I want you to have these gifts because then you guys are going to get to connect with each other. You're going to get to help each other. You're going to bond together. It's going to be so sweet. You're going to build this community and then you're going to be tested because somebody's going to offend you and you're going to have to go through all that. But anyway, that's next week. Um, verse 31 says, 1 Corinthians 12, 31, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But let me show you the way that's best of all. Um, I, I forgot to mention what all the gifts are. There's a whole list of them. You can read them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first one is a gift of wisdom. Now, this isn't just somebody that's really smart. This is actually like a spiritual gift. This is actually an ability that the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom to apply to a particular situation. I love hanging out with people who have the gift of wisdom because they're just like, oh, well, what you should do is this and that and this and that. And you're like, whoa, how'd you come up with that? This is not like just somebody who's, who's like figuring it out because it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with education or knowledge or, or anything like that. This is a spiritual thing. 
Like somebody just goes, boom, this is the way you should go. And you're like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Right? This is a cool gift. Also, then the gift of knowledge. Now, word of knowledge is, is a different gift. This one's kind of, this could be kind of spooky if you don't understand that God is all about doing things for our benefit. But the word of knowledge is like somebody knows something about you and there's no possible way they could know this about you except by the Spirit of God. Now, I had this happen to me the very first time that it happened. Um, we went on this little short-term mission to Holland and there was the, the leader of the group. Um, he came into our tent and we had never met this man before, and he started saying things to us that were just like, he knew exactly what was going on. Like, there is no way he could have ever known any of that stuff, because it was actually pretty personal, and he was very cool about it, so it wasn't weird. But like, he, he knew some things about us that there's no way he would have known, and that's by the Spirit of God. God will just speak something to you. Okay, that's a really cool gift too. The next one, faith. Now, this is a gift that comes in really handy when you're suffering or you're struggling or you're in the middle of a trial or you've been going through something for a long time. You, you bump up against somebody who has a gift of faith and they're just going to be like, God's got this. I know it looks bad right now, but you know what? You're going to survive. And I think somebody here, you need to hear this right now. You know, you're just, you're so done with the coronavirus. You're just done. You're run down. You're worn out. You're discouraged. Maybe you're even depressed. Maybe I'm talking to somebody online. You're just, you're just done. And the Lord wants you to know he's got this. One of the fruits of the Spirit that we're going to talk about is long-suffering, which in the Greek, means suffering long. <laughs> we hate that, don't we? We hate the fact that we have to suffer. But I'm telling you, God is good all the time. And all the time? Yeah, for those of you who are visiting, we're going to do that again. So we, I say God is good, and then you say all the time, and then I say and all the time, and then you say God is good. Okay, you ready? God is good. All the time. And all the time? God is good. That is so true. And that's the cool thing about someone who has a gift of faith because they just truly believe that. They actually believe God is good. God's going to handle this whole situation. I like to tell this, the, the visual analogy of when the Israelites were on the edge of the Red Sea. So they're, they're like literally on the edge of the Red Sea and there's, there's an ocean in front of them, a sea, a body of water in front of them, and behind them is the entire Egyptian army who want to kill them. And they're standing there, and there's, I mean, essentially no hope. From a human, human vantage point, there's not really any hope. But there's, there had to be somebody in that group who's like, you know what? God's going to get us out of this. And... <laughs> says that the wind moved the water back and they walked through as on dry ground. I mean, God can do that. And people that have the gift of faith really believe that God's going to do some radical thing. 
And I love this. And it's so true. It's so true. You think about the story of Abraham. So this is this guy. He and his wife were infertile for years and years and years. He's, he receives this promise. God says, you're going to have more descendants than the stars in the sea. Abraham's like, sweet. And then for years and years and years, his wife doesn't conceive a child. So they go to plan B. He's going to sleep with the servant girl. His wife actually encourages him to do this. So he does it. What an idiot. And then he does it. And then she gets pregnant. And then the wife's all ticked off. Who'd have seen that coming? <laughs> anyway, so then finally, they have what, who's called the child of promise. This is Isaac. They finally, they're in their 90s. It says, it, it acts, I love how the Bible says this. It says, and they were as good as dead, and they had a baby. I don't know how they did that. They must have had a nanny. But anyway, so then God says, all right, you need to take your son, your only son, you need to take him and sacrifice him. This is a type of Christ. This is a kind of an image of, of Jesus. But he's saying, Abraham, take your son up there and I want you to sacrifice him. And Abraham actually in Hebrews 11, he is commended for his faith. Because even though he doesn't understand this, he's thinking, okay, God, I've heard you clearly. I'm going to obey you. And he's thinking, well, who knows? Maybe God will raise him from the dead. So, but he's thinking, God's got this. Can you even imagine that? That would have been rough, but it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And so that is the gift of faith. Okay, the next one is the gift of healing. This is not like I'm a doctor and I heal. That's a cool skill, but that's not a spiritual thing necessarily. I mean, there are doctors who are spiritual, but this is talking about divine healing. This is a healing that only comes by the Spirit of God. This has happened to me one time in my life. I, was, I had just become a Christian um, out of a very wild lifestyle, very wild background. And I was at a church service, and all of a sudden the pastor is like, there's someone in this section, right? Now, this isn't one of those weird ones that you see on TV, so I don't want you to get that picture in your mind. This is a, it was really normal. Like, it was just like, yeah, God's cool, and this is normal, and this is how God works. So he's like, there's someone over here, and you have an injury. It's somewhere between your hip and your knee. And at the time, I was actually struggling so much. I had injured my hamstring windsurfing in California, and then playing beach volleyball. I kept stretching it. I had gotten to the point where I literally couldn't even sit. I, I was like always fidgeting and I could never just like sit still. And it hurt so badly and it was really tight and I couldn't run. And it was, I mean, here I was very young and I, I was kind of crippled a little bit. So anyway, so I'm in the service and then the pastor says that and all of a sudden, all of a sudden this woman behind me raises her hand. And I'm like, what? So I didn't handle it very kindly. I was like, all right, I'll pray for her. So we all prayed for her. And I don't know if she got healed or not. But I was really super disappointed. And I was like, I kind of struggled at the time with feeling overlooked by God anyway. And so this just confirmed that for me. And I was just so bummed out. So then the pastor starts talking again. And then all of a sudden he goes, no, 
there's someone, and I'm like, <laughs> he goes, there's someone else. And so then everybody prayed over me and I got healed. I felt like some, something like warm, whatever, and I was healed. And it completely, it never bothered me after that. I went out in the parking lot and I started running and it was amazing. And that really, as you can imagine, that really built my faith. Yes? Wouldn't that build your faith? If you get divinely healed? This is a really cool gift too. Then the next one is miracles. This is things that happen, kind of like the Red Sea thing, things that can only happen by the Spirit of God. You, don't, you can't come up with like a human reason why things would happen. This is a gift of miracles, okay? That's a cool gift also. But this one, prophecy. Now, this is the one that it says you should really desire because this one means to get a message from the Spirit of God, and just a little aside here, it will always line up with God's Word. It'll always line up with what the Bible says. It will never be like some weird thing. Like, I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm married, but, but God told me I'm supposed to marry that other woman. I'm like, no, he didn't. That was your flesh. That was your lust, <laughs> okay? You're not supposed to marry that other person. You know what I'm saying? It's never going to go against what what the Bible has to say about something, but it is a message that God wants to give through a human being. God wants to partner with us. He wants to, he wants to speak to us. I believe God still speaks to us today. Do you guys believe that? Or do you believe God is like this strong, silent dad type who's just standing there going, he just blew it again. That is not the spirit of God. God wants to speak to us, and prophecy is one of those ways. And the Bible actually says you should really desire this one. Just so you know, 1 Corinthians 12 is a really fun chapter. Actually, it, I think there's a little bit of humor in there because it's basically saying, you know, the body, everybody needs one another. You know, the eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you, and the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And it's a really cool chapter, but it's talking about these spiritual abilities. Then it leads into 1 Corinthians 13, which pretty much everyone has probably heard at some point if you've ever been to a wedding, because it describes what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It talks about all the things that love is supposed to be. Spiritual love, godly love. And you can actually fill in the word uh, God for the word love. But that's 1 Corinthians 13. Then it goes into 1 Corinthians 14, which also talks about spiritual gifts. And that covers a lot of them. And it's basically saying, you know, all the gifts are amazing. You should desire all of the gifts. As a matter of fact, it says in verse 31, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So in other words, the gifts that are going to benefit other people. Because remember, verse 7 says, these gifts are so that you can help each other. It says, now let me show you a way that is the best of all. And that's when it goes in and describes, if I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. It's basically saying, if you, if you have these, all these amazing gifts and abilities, but you don't love people, it's worthless. Everything that our God does is motivated by love even the things we don't understand. Okay, I want to give you a little, um, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. You know, when I first became a Christian, I started to read the Bible 
And I'd read these things and I'd be like, whoa, this is the Bible. These people are acting like heathens. You know, like things like rape and incest and, you know, killing people and all kinds of horrible things. And I remember reading it and it was really confused. Anybody else ever struggle with that? You're like, wait, I'm reading the Bible. These people are supposed to be setting an example for me, <laughs> right? I want to explain something to you that really set me free. The Bible is descriptive. I mean, it, it's just explaining, it's describing how things happened, what happened. But I thought it was prescriptive. I thought that it was saying, this is how you should live and how you should act. And it is, there are parts like that, but there's the whole history and all the murders and the incest and the sexual assault and all of those crazy things that are totally wrong and totally sin in God's eyes. And it actually says in the New Testament, these things were written so that you wouldn't make the same mistakes. Isn't that so cool? So those things were written so you could see, oh, that was whack. You know, like that was not the way God intended things. So I just wanted to make that clear because I think sometimes when we start to read the Bible, we're, we're like, I don't understand. I'm supposed to act like these guys? No, you're probably not. Most of the time, Israel they would be like, they would get in a place of desperation. There's, we're Israel. We're just like them. They would get in a place of desperation and then they call on the name of the Lord and then God would deliver them. And then they go back and do their own things. They'd worship idols and they'd have sexual sin and all these things. And then they would get desperate. They would be, and they go, please God, please God, please God, let us come back. And then God would forgive them and God would deliver them. And then they go back to their own ways. Anybody relate to this? <laughs> yeah, that's how we are too. But our God is a gracious and loving and compassionate God. Thankfully, he's slow to anger and he's rich in mercy. Aren't you so grateful for that? Anybody else so grateful for that? Whew. Okay. First Corinthians 14 verse 12, it says, the same is true for you. Since you're eager to have these special abilities that the spirit gives, seek the ones that will strengthen the whole church. Again, this is about the body of Christ. The Bible says that the church is the body of Christ. I talked to somebody one time and they were saying that they hate the church. And, and so the, the question is, well, do you hate the people? Oh, no, 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 I love the people. Well, do you hate the building? Because what else is the church? The church is the people. The church isn't about the drywall or walls and holes and the church is about the people and that is who Jesus loves it says the church is his body that's a metaphor for what the church is and it's also his bride he loves and cares for his bride and he wants us to be used of him to do the same thing to love and to care for other people it's not to earn your salvation. This is not to earn a way into heaven. This is a response to what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he died for your sins. Jesus went to the cross and paid the price so that you could be forgiven, so that you could be cleansed and set free and not in bondage to sin anymore. Amen? 
Yes, amen. Um, Romans eleven twenty nine. it says, the gifts and the calling of God can never be withdrawn. What this, or some versions say that it's without repentance. This means that God has specifically selected exactly the gift that he wants to give you. This is for you. I designed this especially for you. You can have that. And God is saying, you can't change your mind. In other words, he doesn't give you a gift receipt, okay? He says, this is your gift, and you can't deny it. It says it's without repentance. You can't change your mind about it. You need to be whoever God has called you to be, and it says earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts, especially the ones that are helpful, especially the ones that build people up. Now, if you would turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 6. It says, in his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, what's prophecy? Giving a special word from God, a message from God by the Spirit of God. Um, Where am I? Um, If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. And I want to encourage some of you, because I think there there are those of you in this room, you have a gift of prophecy, but you don't want to come across like your Looney Tunes. So you don't say anything. But I just want to encourage you, you know, just say, say to somebody, just go, hey, I don't want to come across crazy, but I really feel like the Lord wants you to know that and then share it with them. Don't start out like some weird, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Please don't do that. God is, I mean, God wants us to be normal, whatever that means. God wants us to, he doesn't want spiritual things to just like your voice has to change or you have to start speaking in King James English. You know, you can just be you filled with God's spirit and do things in a, in a way that people aren't going to lock you up. Okay. <laughs> but, it, but if you have a gift of prophecy and you, let's say, for example, let me give you a practical example. You've been praying for someone let's say, let's imagine that. You've been praying for this specific person and you just feel really strongly that they're supposed to quit their job. Maybe I should use one that's less scary. Let's say, for example, (laughs) they're supposed to, um, let's, okay, I'm going to use that example, jumping off the cliff. But you sense that there's something happening in their situation that's unsafe for them. The way that you approach them is not, thus saith the Lord, sister. The way you approach them is you say, hey, I was praying for you, and this might just be me, or it might be a a burrito that I ate last night, or something, but I feel like, are you you questioning whether or not you should continue at your job? Because I'm kind of sensing like the Lord saying your season is over. Does that seem kind of normal? Yeah, that's, that's, how you, that's how you approach it. Because you could be wrong and you don't want to be one of those people that's thus saith the Lord because you might be wrong. So be careful about that. Okay, it's saying, 
If you uh, speak out with as much faith as God has given you, if your gift is serving others, then serve them well. You know, we have a whole group here at the church that serve in a ministry called Jesus Feeds. They, we, we feed hundreds and hundreds of people every month. And these are the people that have the gift of service. Like they don't want to come up on stage. They don't want anybody to even know that they're serving. I see a couple of them in here today. These guys, you know, the Bible says that the less presentable parts are the ones that deserve special honor. I think those guys are the ones who are going to get the special rewards in heaven. Amen? (laughs) It's like, it's between them and God. That's the best. That's the most fun way to serve is just when it's like between you and the Lord. It says, if you're a teacher, teach well. In other words, for those of you who want to teach, Make sure you know what you're talking about. Don't just spout off your opinion about something. Actually study and know what you're talking about. Know what the Bible has to say about things so you don't lead people astray. Because it does say those who, who teach are subject to a stricter judgment. So you have to make sure you know. Believe me, I, I take this very seriously. And I want to make sure that what I'm saying... And by the way, I have... I, I, open and accountable to people that will come and correct me if I say something that's off because I want that in my life because I I know that I'm going to be held to a stricter judgment. So, but if you teach, make sure that you teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. What encouragement means is to encourage, to put courage within someone, to let them know how you see them and to build them up. It's also called exhortation. But there's somebody after first service that came up to me and just, you know, complimented me on on the last sermon. And it was like, yeah, whoa. I mean, it just does something in you. It makes you feel like, wow, that was so, like, you just feel like you have more courage, right? Anybody ever been been blessed by somebody and they just, like, they'll say one simple thing to you and you're just like, yeah, I can go on. It like gives you the strength to continue. We need this. And it says actually, as believers, even if this may not be like your spiritual gift, it says we are supposed to encourage each other every day. So make that your goal. Find someone every single day. I'm going to encourage someone. I'm going to write a thank you card, or I'm going to text them, or I'm going to send them a, a private message or you know something, but just encourage each other, build each other up. Okay, Um, it says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. You know, we're supposed to give in proportion to how much we have. You know, but giving is an amazing, amazing gift. I mean, we, we just saw that pandemic story. How fun is that? How does that open up doors? And the gift of giving is something that you should do cheerfully and like in proportion with how much you make. If you make $500,000, then giving somebody $1,000 is not a big deal. However, if you're making $30,000, to give someone $1,000 is a big deal. It says it should be in proportion. So if you have the gift of giving, let's hang out. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But seriously though, giving to other people in secret is so much fun. How many of you, no, don't raise your hand. (laughs) How many of you have done that? You lost your reward. Um, 
It says, if God has given you leadership ability, then take that responsibility seriously. This is, the King James says, he who ruleth. This is not talking about ruling. You know, I'm I'm in a, a master's program and I'm learning so much about the Western church and what our attitudes are and how much of our culture has determined how things are run. But the word for for um, leadership actually means to be like a shepherd, which is a lowly, like there's no glory in that role. It's to care for, to be attentive to, to feed, to protect from wolves, to bring to clean water, to provide rest. I mean, this is, this is the analogy that the Bible uses. It uses the metaphor of a shepherd. That's what a leader is, not this person that has, you know, three Learjets because they can't travel with those pagans. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be, I kind of am judging, but I mean, where did we come up with this idea? Like, for example, I am called to, to be a leader of this church. I know I'm called of God but that doesn't make me any more special than anybody else. Like I, like I, the only reason that I'm standing up higher is just so that you can see me, but it, it is not symbolic of my status. I, I'm just the same as you. We are the same. We're all equal. I'm not any more special than any of you. Okay, so if you think that I am, I will disappoint you. So just so you know that. Okay, it says... Um, If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do that gladly. This is a gift of mercy. This is a gift where someone's hurting and you come to them and and you show them the compassion and the kindness of God. And this is such a necessary gift for right now with all of the people that are hurting, people that are depressed and anxious and maybe unemployed and and broke, and downcast. Somebody with a gift of mercy that just comes and just demonstrates, hey, you're not alone. You're going to be okay. This is a profound gift. Profound. Jesus says in John chapter 15, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And so I just want to challenge you right now. Think about what are your special abilities. Not your natural abilities, your spiritual. What are the things, and if you're not sure, we would love to pray with you at the end. But if you've never stepped out and tried it, what is the one that kind of yeah, that's, I think that might be me. The one that kind of made your heart leap a little bit. Hi, Art. Say hi to Art. <laughs> Just think about what is God, what do you believe God has called you to do and to be? Because it says he has given everybody, at each and every believer, he's given all of you, all of us, gifts. And he says we should earnestly desire all of them. But to be who you are, to just, just to normalize spirituality, not to make it this weird thing, but just every day you can give 
without being weird. You can encourage without being weird. You can even prophesy as long as you, you know, don't change your voice or anything. You can actually do these things and just normalize spirituality because God wants us to walk in the spirit at all times. He wants us to be filled to overflowing with his Holy Spirit so that we are enabled to do these things because apart from him, we can't do any of these things. But it is evidence that you're filled with his spirit if you produce much fruit. It's evidence of his spirit. And we're going we're gonna to start talking about that in two weeks. Um, next week, again, Pastor Kelly's going to be here. He's going to share a message with you. But if you guys, I just want to ask you, how many of you got anything out of this today? How many of you feel like you might have a deeper understanding of who God created you to be? Yeah? Yay. I'm so glad. That's what I've been praying, is that you would understand who God created you to be and how he created you to walk. So would you stand? We're going to just go to the Lord together, just pray. <sighs> Lord, I just thank you that you are You're so amazing. Lord, I thank you that everything that motivates you is love. God, you are motivated by our benefit. Lord, you can't even you can't even do anything that's not for our good. And I'm just so grateful and I'm so grateful, Lord, that you let us share in in seeing your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm so grateful that you allow us to partner with you in the things of your spirit, in being able to teach and encourage and strengthen and give and serve. Lord, all of the things that you have placed within us, Lord, I ask for each and every person, Lord, give us opportunity this week to really walk in what you've called us to do and to be. Let us use these special abilities, these gifts, Lord, to, to help other people, to bless other people, Lord, and to honor you and to increase your kingdom. Lord, we just ask, God, that your, your kingdom would come. Lord, your will would be done in each one of us as individuals. Lord, that we would walk full of your spirit, full of your grace, God, full of the strength and the power that only you can offer, Lord, and that we can be a light to people who are broken and lost and hurting. God, use us this week. If that's you, will you just raise your hand? If you want God to use you this week, just raise your hand. Now let's raise both hands and let's worship God. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the gifts. We thank you for the calling that you have placed on all of our lives. And we bless you in Jesus' name. If you're somebody and if you have never, um, if you're not sure that if you would die tonight, you're not sure where you would go, You've never been born again. You've never been filled with God's spirit. We're going to have some people up here at the end who would love to pray with you. If you have never given your life to the Lord, we would love to be able to pray with you and for you, not in a weird way. Remember, we're not about the weird stuff. We're normal. It's a normal thing. But if you have not ever given your heart to the Lord, if you have kind of just been on, you've been your own boss. You've been in the driver's seat. God wants to blow you away with his goodness. He wants to forgive you. And he wants to, to deliver you from all the things that, that are hurting you and killing you. 
and destroying your heart. And so is there anybody here this morning, anybody that has never said yes to Jesus, anybody who's never surrendered to Jesus, just raise your hand just between you and I. Anybody? Because we really want to pray with you. We want to just introduce you to to a God of love. And also, if you're somebody and you used to walk with the Lord, but you're, you feel really far from Him, we want to pray with you too, that God would fill you afresh with His Holy Spirit. And then if you're, just, if you're just not sure, you're not really sure where you stand, we really would love to be able to pray with you today. So before I dismiss everyone else, I've just um, asked the prayer team to come forward, please, and um, we'll We'll be available to pray with you. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus, change your life. And for those of you online, we'd love to be able to minister to you too. So please reach out to us. I sure love you guys. Love you so much. God bless you and we will see you next week. Have a great week.